What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode on the DM Pod. Joining me this week is my guy, Coach Nico Pinochas. Nico is the head men's basketball coach at Bosco Prep. Nico and I are actually working together, which is really dope. Shout out to Dave Maravella for making this possible. Uh, Nico comes on the podcast to share his journey, share his why behind a game of basketball. And overall, him and I just have a dope conversation about life and hoops. And Nico's from the region. So really dope dialogue. Guys, be sure to check out the YouTube visual to this episode under my YouTube channel, Dewan Marrero. The link will be in the episode description. Peace. Nico, like I said, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, we finally are working together. I'm excited. Um, thank you for having me to the, adding me to the Bosco family. Um, What's your thoughts about Bosco and the future of Bosco? Because you've been there since day one, man. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's so much growth to, to keep happening. And, and it's happening every year. You know, I, every, every team that comes in, I kind of tell them, like, you're here to write your story. You know, first year I was there, we, re, we wrote this story with, you know, 10 out of 12 kids going to Division One. Um, about three high majors that year. Uh, the next year, we told that team, "Hey, this is your story to write." Now, they were they tied the you know the second best record in Bosco history. Last year's team tied the best record in Bosco history. Got our first invite to a national tournament. We've never traveled in our lives before at Bosco. Um, and then even Dayton, way, way before that, uh, guys like Grady Eifert, I mean, walk on at Purdue, scholarship player at the end, part of an Elite Eight team. Uh, and that team ended up being an Orangeville prep team that was full with NBA lottery picks like Jamal Murray, um, Thon Maker. And then we got this team. We got a real special group right now. We got special guys that, that have joined our staff uh, that have that grind and growth mindset. And this is just another year of, of growth, getting invited again to a, a big national tournament and, and having a chance to go nationals for the first time ever in our program. That's sweet, man. I'm, like I said, I'm honored to be a part of the family because I, I know how much I love our community. You know what I mean? And the influence you and I have. Um, what's it like to be invited to a national tournament, especially like you guys started from the bottom to like, hey, you know, Dave, uh, Nico, you know, how would you like to be invited to this national tournament? At first, it's just like, it's, it's like, okay, like, do we really belong here? You know, it's like, is this long to get here? Do we actually belong here? And then when we get out there and we, and we compete, it's just like a, a relief of like, man, we really do belong here. I mean, last year, uh, just opening up with Woodstock, one of the best prep schools in the country. I mean, they produce, you know, high major players left and right. And just that first day, having to play them right off the plane, I thought that was an honor. I thought that was just like, hey, here's a new team coming in, and we have to play the best team. Uh, unfortunately, we, we came up short, but the thing is we grew that day. We showed the prep circuit. We showed the United States that, hey, Bosco belongs on this national circuit with a big win against NBA Africa the very next day. And that game was televised 
globally. Yeah. Um, coming back down 17 and then closing out the weekend, playing a, a really good uh, prolific prep team out of California. And we close out the weekend two and one. After wow. that, the relief, like, yeah, we belong here. We really do. And that's getting the, that in. That solidified it. Now, now for the audience that's listening, where was the national tournament at? It was in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, I, I think it, the, it was held at a Division II campus. I want to say it was like American International University. That's a um, nice and then right, right across the street, they had the, the national high school prep tournament with Lalamere and IMG Academy and all that. So, I mean, just just being there was just an incredible experience. Now, now Nico, let's, let's go back. Now, who influenced you to the game of basketball? Like, what made you fall in love? Like, man, I want to pursue coaching. I want to be around the kid and, and just, you know, work my ass off. My father, man. So, uh, a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm first generation born in the United States. My family came from Europe. They came from Greece. Um, so, when my father's side came, they originated in the harbor. I mean, right off the bat, East Chicago, Indiana. And, you know, if you know your history about East Chicago, Indiana, back then, you know, Washington High School was hot. Uh, guys like Junior Bridgman, uh, Tim Stoddard, and, and my college coach, uh, Pete Turgovich, who played for John Wooden and, and was on a dynasty. I mean, just being a part of that history without even knowing, I mean, I wasn't even born yet. And then as, as we grew up, you know, we grew up on East Chicago basketball. No question. You know, leaving East Chicago, you know, growing up in the harbor and then leaving and coming to Highland, Indiana, like Friday night hoops wasn't Highland games. It was, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to East Chicago. We're going to see those East Chicago versus West Side, you know, East Chicago versus Hammond High back then. You know, all these teams, we, you know, we saw some major basketball. And our, and our father, man, he just like – he rolled the ball out, no pressure. He said, if you guys want this, you, you guys got to fall in love with it. I can't, I can't lead you to it. You just got to want it. And then ever since that, it just took off. I Man, I remember growing up and, and watching Etwan Moore, and we had the conversation a day at the gym. Uh, KK, you know, Kwan Short and um, Andrew Garcia. What was it like when they won a state championship? And, you know, you being from the harbor. Those guys, man, I mean, they brought something back that, that the harbor was missing for so long back when, you know, Washington and Roosevelt had these state championships in Chicago Roosevelt. Um, I mean, those guys, and growing up and playing against those guys, you know, throughout middle school and high school, just, I mean, you had three professionals on that team. One went to a Super Bowl, you know, another guy was just a prolific, you know, overseas player, 6'11". You know, I, I still believe if Angel Garcia doesn't tear his ACL at Memphis, he's in the league. No no, uh, question. no question about that. And then Etuan Moore, um, what a pro. What a pro. I mean, adapt at every level. And there was a time three years ago, I just happened to be at DePaul University watching one of my guys work out and play, uh, Marin March, who was playing in Croatia. And the Pelicans that happen to be there practicing. And everybody's kind of doing your thing. And there's each one in the corner hoop at the grass. You know, the far hoop, far yep. hoop away from the doors. He's out there by himself, shooting, catching, shooting, catching, shooting. I mean, that guy was all business. And at the top, I'm yelling, like, yo, smooch. And he's like, he looked at me, started laughing. He goes, I got to get to work, man. I'll talk to you soon. But that kid, you know, East Chicago's had some greats uh, from, you know, 
Chris Woods to Marcus Jefferson to Corey Stokes and then Etwan coming up, man. It's just unbelievable. Man, that's 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 dope. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of Etwan. I tell these young kids like watch Etwan more play and ask him or do your homework on why he's in the league for ten plus years. He does his job. He's a pro. Exactly. He he finds his niche, like I said, at that practice, man. He was working on things I have not seen guys work on in a very long time. He finds his spot, and, and that's why I, he's in the league for so long. You just he, He's present. Defense, offense, he's, he's just there present. And, and what are some obstacles as a head coach that you face, you know, coaching the prep school? Uh just just from being like a we're we're a one and done program and and every year we have to recruit new players and and John Calpari said it best one time in an interview is we have 18 and 19 year old kids you know it, it, I don't care even as a 30 year old 31 year old that I am I'm still maturing now as an 18 19 years old year we have to face is what do we do that's going to attract you to come to our program? You know, they, a lot of these kids feel like, well, I missed out because I was so micromanaged and, and, and held, you know, I wasn't just loose to play and, and I'm going to come to you because, you know, you're, you're going to let me play so loosely. So now the biggest obstacle we're facing now is how are we going to make it so engaging that these kids trust us through a structure that's going to allow them to exploit their talents. That is and, and being 18 and 19 years old to get them to understand how a little structure with a little bit of openness can get you to where you want. And that's, I think, what is, is one of the biggest obstacles in this position. And I'm, I'm gonna get real personal. How did you feel when uh, Dave gave you the responsibility to be the head coach of Bosco? What was your thoughts behind that? At first, I thought he was he was joking. I mean, it happened so fast. I, I'm going to tell everybody right now, I've never even held a, a head coaching position at the varsity level in high school. I mean, everything happened so fast. Uh, and that year, I was actually got off the phone with Jason Hawkins maybe like three weeks before, and I was like, Coach, man, I need more responsibilities. Like, you know, what more can I do? Like, you want me to do more stuff in the summertime? Like, at practice, like, I, I, I'm in, man. I'm like, I'm totally in. I know we need an energy guy, but I need, I, need, I need to be full in. I'm like, what do you want me to do anything? And, you know, Jason Hawkins, you know, a great, great coach in this area. Stand-up guy. I mean, he's been all over. I mean, the, the everything that he taught me at Bosco, just from uh, a basketball standpoint and a, and a professional standpoint, he, he taught me this, this thing of vocal cues. He's like, you'll know when to chime in, and you'll know when you need to take a step back. Just know that you shouldn't be overworking. Things naturally happen. It was almost like he was setting me up for this journey of like, hey, in three weeks, man, you're about to have what you want. So get ready. Uh, and when Dave made the call, it was almost like I felt like I was in a mafia movie. Like I was about to get hit. Hey, yeah. man, I need to see you in about an hour. And sure. Like, oh, hold on. Yeah. And his first question, why should I make you head coach? And then I lost it. I was like – What's going on over here? What, what are you talking about? So it, it was, it was a shock, but I knew I was ready. I knew I was ready for this new challenge in my life. That's that's dope. And now, now, who are some coaches like you look up to in terms of influence and you know 
picking their brains. Not too many people know about this, but John Shroya. John Shroya is. Thank you. Coach Shroya. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Coach Shroya is the pioneer, my secret weapon. I mean, this guy is, I think he is the originator of opening the door for college coaches coming out of Northwest Indiana. This guy was with Dan Dockich uh, at Bowling Green. Uh, he was at Weaver State with Jeff Clemens and coach uh, our region guys, Patrick Danley out of Westside, Jermaine Boyette, who had a cup of coffee in the NBA, uh, Chris Woods, who played for him at Weaver State. And, and then he ended up running the field house in Maryville, one of the, like, the most. I that mean, guy? That's him? That's him. He was a little bit chubby? Yep, that the manager. Yep, the manager at the Maryville Fieldhouse. That's my guy. He he let me in anytime to hoop, like get up shots. The the love was was always there. I'm like, man, I appreciate it. He that guy. He, I was just like everybody else. I mean, you know this, Rico. Uh, as soon as you get done playing college, I'm going overseas and I'm not stopping until I get there. And I right. I was at the Fieldhouse every day. Um, he actually made me a referee. I was refing every week. I mean, starting Monday to I mean, Mondays to Sundays. I was there every single day. And then after I'd ref, I'd shoot around and hoop. And he's like, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to do? He's like, you're, you're 25, 26 years old. And I go, I don't know, John. I was like, I need to get a contract. He's like, I got a contract for you. And so what is that? He says, you're going to help me with my camps. So he started me off with his Pro-U camps. He would do these camps out of the house called Pro-U. Um, I would just watch it and listen, and he would just run me down how to run a college practice through his camps. Um, that later turned into me running a little dribbler's camp two days a week at the field house, uh, kindergarten through second graders. And I had about 125 kids by the time I was – it was the last year at the field house, which is, what, 2014, 2015-ish. Um, and then as the field house started closing – I get a call from one of my buddies and he says, Hey, I want you to be my freshman, freshman assistant at crown point. I said, Clint Swan's there. He yeah. said, yeah. He's like, so I, I told coach, Troy, I'm like, Hey John, I was like, um, my buddy called me. He said he wants me to go coach at crown point. He called Clint Swan on the spot. Hey, hire him. He's great. So I, I'm very fortunate to come into a program in 2015 that had Sasha Stefanovich, uh, Grant Gaines. Yeah, Nick Chambers and was part of a, a sectional championship team my first year off the bat as a freshman assistant and you know I thought I was just a freshman assistant I just have duties with with the freshmen no that sectional shirt came out championship crown point Indiana coach Nico Panuz is on the back of that label with the coaching staff and it, it was such an honor and it gave me that that extra lift like I, I found my way and then after that, that summer, I thought I was going to be with Crown Point. And then it just happened that your, your alma mater called up and said, hey, we got a, we got a varsity assistant job open. What was it like being that Bowman? Like, Nico, when you told me you was that Bowman, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, hell no, you wasn't that Bowman. But <laughs> how was it? How was that experience? I know you saw – I personally don't like everybody on the ball. Right. I was going to, like, talk to the principal, like, hey – like everybody doesn't everybody there's a limit that that group that 2010 group that we had was special you know 
but with parents and how people feel around here, they just feel as though everyone deserves to be on the wall. But that 2019 was built from the ground up. They sacrificed two years not playing the IHSA. And that last year they won. <laughs> so so it, it was crazy. It's, it's a lot of rich history. And, and to go back to the question, Nico, like how was it like just being part of that culture? Uh, and then I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be very, very honest with you. Um, I'm glad you guys had to do that. I always say that when you're privileged, when you're given something, so this team that we had was so special and, you know, trying to compare you guys and, and the papers came out and the press came out, you know, you guys are preseason this preseason that I said, that is going to be our biggest evil right there. Right. That last coverage, because I feel like when you're so privileged and everything's given to you, you forget that, Hey, what got this program here? Whereas these guys grinding Marvin Ray having you guys together since what second graders, maybe? Yeah. Seven, eight, seven, eighth graders building this school. Like you said, ground up, you know, implementing that grind, that grind, grind, grind. And he would do anything for all his players as yeah. long as you grind it. We were missing that piece. We had, you know, we were very fortunate to have a McDonald's All-American nominee in Brandon Johnson. Um, but that grind, that, that sensation, that true Bowman culture yeah. was, was just missing because it, was a, it, was, it felt like a bunch of nice guys. You know, you guys were not nice guys. You guys were mean ballers. And I, I truly believe that that's what it takes to be a winner. You got to be a mean cuss out there. And that first practice at 5 a.m., that's when it started, 5 a.m. I was told Sunday night, hey, you're on. Monday morning, 5 a.m., I walk into the gym, and I was ready to roll. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, like Marvin and Steel, toughness, mental toughness for one, accountability, and know that you write your own future. Nobody's going to write it for you. And in order for us to win – everyone had to buy in and know that, hey, that's the man. But he also knows that if he doesn't give the ball to someone that's open, he's going to bring his ass and sit down. Exactly. Um, but he made sure up front that everyone knows their role and know their identity. Everybody else will eat and everything else will take care of itself. Um, but that's the question I want to ask you, Nico. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's a dope culture. Obviously, it's not what it is now, but – it's very different times have changed, but I'm glad you got a, a part of that. And, you know, you was able to be in the Bowman gymnasium because, you know, times have changed, obviously. It, it like I said, the, it really uplifted me and it really made me think about my journey as a coach because I felt like, okay, I played in college for one of the best coaches in this area who played for one of the best coaches of all time at UCLA. I, I finished up there. And then when I got my first coaching job under Clint Swan, another, you know, great high school area coach had had some great Andrean teams, had some great players at, at Crown Point. And then I said, I land up at Bowman. And I said, you know, the basketball gods have something else in place for me. I'm not done yet. Right. And then it and then it happened. Um, Martin Luther King Day was a Monday. We're playing at Chicago Marshall. 
I run into Dave Maravella because they're playing the game before us. Hey, what are you doing at Bowman? Right. And then it all went from there the next year. Man, now Dave's a great guy. Man, he gives so many people opportunities, like the opportunity he gave me just to obviously outside of provide content, but bring in the leadership experience, being from the community where, you know, this kid played here, he's done this. He's been at where you're trying to achieve. And Absolutely. I think it's like, hey, man, don't overlook JUCO because sometimes you may have to go to JUCO to humble yourself, to, to know that that's a whole different grind. I, I try to explain people so much, man, and, and I'm glad that we have you to explain that. And, and now you bring, you bring to the table a different type of grind. You bring the, I call it, you know, JUCO is that grimy, grimy grind. For sure. You know? Because you, you don't have, you don't have guys that, you know, well, I didn't develop right. No, you have guys that develop. They're just a GPA point away from getting to where they need to be. That's it. You know, or they, they had to transfer because the Division One program they were at was too high, but they're ready to go to another Division One program. No question. I mean, it's a different, it's a different beast, man. Um, last question, Nico, because I know you got to go. Um, who are the people that shaped you to be the person you are today, brother? Tell you what, I, I know I said my dad brought us in this world and this game, but, you know, it's, it's our mom. Um, she's not a sports mom. She is, she is a mom of the house. She gave us the green light. I, I, to this day, I mean, having to deal with three boys her whole life, you know, sports, yelling, screaming, competitiveness. You know, she wanted to sleep because she's working, you know, 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day, you know, and we're waking her up and screaming and yelling. So we give, we give all of the credit to her, man. She, she gave us a green light for everything. You know, her working as a teacher in East Chicago, letting me stay with her all day, shooting the gyms, you know, dropping me off at EC's weight room in high school because I needed to rehab and work out. I mean, she, she's the holder of everything and the creator of everything. Nico, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, bro. I really appreciate it. Obviously, I can't wait to get to work with you again tomorrow. Well, no, Friday. Um, it'll be great. I'm excited, bro. It's going to be a good year, man. We're glad we got you, man. It's going to be an amazing year. What's up, guys? Hope you all enjoyed this episode with my guy, Coach Nico. Nico is one of a kind. And like I said before, I'm so happy to be able to work with him and get our guys better so they can earn themselves a scholarship. Um, nevertheless, I want to pay my respect to Coach Tom Brecken. Uh, he was an avid listener to the podcast. He was a fan favorite of the region. He was an influential brother. And I, and I read the post on Facebook that um, he passed away. Took me by surprise, but, you know, life is short. And, you know, we have to cherish each day, day in and day out. And um, when I saw that, it was just like, damn. And um, I was speechless. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it but I just wanted to pay my respect and you know and say rest in peace and he was an avid listener to the podcast and I'm, I'm forever thankful for that um stay tuned weekly uh to the dm pod continue to release content we're on almost episode 100 I appreciate you guys for like listening as always and don't forget to check out the youtube channel uh with this episode to see the visual to the conversation of Nico and myself also, check out the media page on Instagram, Dewan Marrero Media, posting a lot of content, getting a lot of kids film, a lot
lot of highlight tapes out there for guys outside of basketball. I really love photography and media. So I've been hitting that heavy outside of training. So guys, just take a glance at it. Let me know what you think. I'm always open for feedback and constructive criticism. Appreciate you guys as always. Peace.